Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Prairie Heights. My name is Byron Emmert, and I'm a pastor in the Twin Cities, and I'm so excited to be back. I love coming here and seeing what God is doing, and uh, Beth, I so enjoyed your presentation to remind us about the vision of Stand. It's so incredible what God is doing. Well, as you saw in that uh, fantastic media, we are in a series, Fortune Cookie Faith, and today is part two, and it's all about wisdom. And that's really good because, you know, almost anybody wants to have a good future, to be successful, and sometimes we have fun looking at fortune cookies. Now, I love fortune cookies, and look at this. It just so happens there's some in a bowl up here. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't care so much about the little fortunes that you read as much as eating them. I, I, I love the taste of them. They're really, really good. So just for fun... Uh, let's check out the fortune here. So I'll break one open. <clears throat> okay. Those who fall asleep during Byron's message will get elbowed in the ribs by the person next to them. How? Is this prophetic for some of you? We'll find out. Uh, okay. Do another one just to make sure. Oops. Oh, yeah. For those who believe what Byron is reading is for real, your future might not be very bright. <laughs> Love it. All right. Fortune cookie faith. We want success. We want things to turn out good in our future, don't we? Well, as Beth said last week, uh, there's lots of voices that will tell us about how to achieve a great future and how to have good fortune and all of that, and, and a lot of voices in the culture. Uh, just for fun, let me remind you about uh, somebody named Dorothy who uh, needed to have a better future because she got lost and she needed to get home. I mean, my childhood favorite, maybe one of yours, The Wizard of Oz, she has been caught up in a twister and lands in Munchkin land. And so let's find out how she's going to go about trying to determine her future. Let's watch. My, people come and go so quickly here. Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow, 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 Because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. You're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. 
All right, be honest. How many of you just wanted to sing along? You at least tapped your toe a little bit. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd, my siblings and I, we would try to impersonate the munchies. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. I mean, we just had fun with it. Voices. They told Dorothy to follow the yellow brick road. What kind of voices are you and I hearing in our culture today about how to have a great future? How about, oh, do whatever makes you feel good. Hey, you deserve to be happy. That's all that counts. If you want to be successful, you need to think positively and make lots of money. And the list could go on, and then we hear something like this. Don't worry so much about what the Bible says. It's antiquated. Times have changed. You don't need to follow that. So when you think about it, there's all kinds of voices, but the voice that we want to hear from today is a voice of wisdom, and ultimately it comes from God. God used his Holy Spirit to inspire Solomon, who the Bible says was the wisest man who ever lived, to give us some Proverbs. Now, there's no magical answers, but this is a, this is a couple of one-liners, some very, very short verses. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put it on the screen. I want you to see Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And as you look at this, even if you've never really been about church or attended, uh, chances are you have heard about this or seen it because... Uh, sometimes it shows up on cards, especially at graduation time. I remember I had at least five graduation cards that told me if I did this, I would have a great future after I graduated. Uh, you see them on mugs. You see these verses on T-shirts. And sometimes I wonder if those of us who have been around church, around spiritual faith, or around God's Word, we sort of go, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I've, I've read that, yeah, yeah, I, I know that, I know that. But what does it really mean? Let's take a, a look. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. You know, you hear it all the time, oh, you just got to trust in God. But what does it mean? But doesn't it sound good, though, that if you do that, if you don't lean on your own understanding, but you trust God, he's going to make your paths straight? I mean, who wouldn't want straight paths for the future? Now, the question might be, does this mean that it's going to be easy going? <laughs> oh, no. Life is hard. We live in a broken, fragile, sinful world. And no path is easy, but God has the best path in mind for us. I want you to take a look at this picture, because uh, sometimes we find ourselves at a crossroads in life. And uh, we might have a couple of different ways that appear in front of us. And the amazing thing is we can't really see completely into the future, completely see what's ahead. And so we're trying to make a decision, and try to make a choice but God's Word says, hey, if you trust Him, He's going to make your path straight. Now, does this mean no bumps and bruises, no ups and downs, no valleys, no hard? No, not at all. But He will be there to lead us and guide us. And ultimately, here's the big picture, 
See, God knows the big picture because he created us. He loved us enough to send Jesus to die for us and rise again from the dead. And someday he's going to take us home to heaven. Take a look at this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death but he was raised to life in the spirit. Talking about Jesus, obviously. And can I just stop and say, some of you, you've, you've been around faith since you were a child. For some of you, this might be your very first time visiting church today. No matter where you're at, the good news is the same for everyone. If you recognize that our sin keeps us from God, but God provided a way to be forgiven by sending Jesus to die on a cross and rise from the dead, and we put our faith in that and receive that relationship with God, someday we're going to go to heaven. But in the meantime, he has a plan for us. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Now, I love the fact that uh, the leadership team here has chosen part of this passage to be the foundational passage of your vision called Stand. And over the years, I, you know, I've been involved with you guys for a number of years. I have seen God working. In fact, I have seen God doing immeasurably more than all one might ask or imagine. How? According to his power that's at work. We're already seeing demonstration of God doing far more in what's happened already with the vision of stand. And can I just say there's more to come? I really believe that. And here's part of the fun challenge. As a church involved in STAND, this vision means that we get to be part of, we get to experience the path of God using this church to do so much for his glory, to change lives, to transform a community, and to prepare the next future generation. Now, here's what's really exciting. Think what might happen if each of us individually decided to get on God's path and to let him lead us and guide us that we might grow and become more like Christ along this path, this journey called life. As we grow on this path individually and then collectively as a church, look out. God is going to keep doing far more than you could hope to imagine. So it makes sense as to why we would want to trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding because we can experience God giving straight paths. That doesn't mean that it's easy, but it does mean he'll be there to lead us through the obstacles along the way. But the question is how? How do we do this? How can we experience God's best path for our future? Well, we're going to take a look a little more deeply at these two verses from Proverbs 3, and we're going to take a look at three choices that represent wisdom. In fact, we'll call them three wise choices that we continually make 
Trusting Jesus to be our Savior and Lord and to follow him with our life, that's, that's a one-time decision. But living for him and experiencing what God wants, this is a continual wise choice that we ought to be making each and every day. So let's look at the first choice. The first wise choice is to trust in the Lord with all my heart. Now, the word trust in the original Hebrew language is very interesting. In fact, just for fun, because I want you to remember what I'm going to share with you, uh, I want you to try to say this Hebrew word with me. Here's the Hebrew word, batach. <laughs> Person in the front row go, why are you spitting on me? This is not good. Okay, so just for fun, just try it, batach. Okay, some of you go, I can't do that. It sounds like there's something caught in my throat. Yeah, there might be, uh, but that's the word, and that's the way it's pronounced. But I was so fascinated in my study of this passage to discover that batak, for trust, can be translated to cling, to cling, to cling, to grab onto something and to not let go. Now, the word all in the Hebrew, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, it means literally everything. Our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, everything there is about us. There is no compartmentalization about faith if we're going to trust in the Lord with all our heart. It's every single part of our very, very being. Psalm 63, 8, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Now, if, uh, if, you, if you're a parent or you've had children at some point in the past, we, we know that little kids want to be independent, and so for their safety and protection, we'll hang on to a hand securely, hopefully. But sometimes they're, they're independent and they break away. But I want to give you a picture that it's more than just even just hanging on to a hand. But if we're going to really trust God, the Father, we need to cling to Him. Absolutely cling. Years ago, when uh, our kids were very, very young, uh, at the time we had two sons, BJ and Tyler. They were five and three at the time when we were living in Washington, D.C. And I was co-leading a Youth for Christ event where we were going to have 30,000 or so students and leaders from around the country together for four or five days of growing in their faith and, and becoming leaders. Well, it took so much to make that happen. The last several months prior to the event, I mean, I was getting like three or four hours of sleep a night, and I'll just be honest, I was not a very good husband and father. I was so consumed, and I have regrets about that. I had a lot of growing up to do because for much of that time, it was so much about what I was doing rather than who I was being as a dad and as a husband. So as this big event finished up in the convention center at night, we were getting ready during the night to spend all night transferring production equipment and you know, sound and gear because the next day on the Washington Mall, we were going to have this big blowout Christian rally and concert. And so I was going to be up all night, and so I was busy. I had this responsibility, and coming up toward the stage was my wife, Linda, and Benji, and Tyler, and my parents who had come along to help take care of the boys. When they got close to the stage, all of a sudden, our five-year-old Benji broke loose 
from my dad, and he ran up the steps, and he literally just sprinted across the stage. He came to me, and he just leaped into my arms. In fact, it was more than arms. He clinged. He clung to me. I mean, both arms around me, and like a bear cub hug, and both legs wrapped around my body. And he was just hanging on, and he was just going, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And so we talked a little bit, and then I had to break away. I had to go to the Washington Mall all night and to work. But my son was still clinging, and I said, Benji, I really have to go. No, no, don't go, don't go. And he was just screaming, and my heart was just ripping out. And I just wanted this event to be over so I could focus on being a dad and a husband again. In fact, my son was so upset that my wife and my father had to take and hang on to his arms and legs to peel him away from my body. In that moment when he was clinging to me, there was nothing that mattered more than him clinging to his father. Here's the difference with the Heavenly Father. As we sang earlier, the Heavenly Father will never let us down. In fact, the wise choice here is trust or cling to the Heavenly Father with every single part of us. Because not only should we be doing that all the time, but you know when we're most aware of it? when it seems like we're just barely hanging on. That's when we need to cling. There's nothing more. You've had those moments of why, God? Why is this happening? Why is this relationship I have falling apart? Why is my health falling apart? Why am I struggling with parenting? Why can't I pay the bills? And recently I was struck by what's happening, as I'm sure you were, in Uvalde, Texas, in that awful tragedy in the school shooting. It's been so interesting to watch some of the people being interviewed and and what commentators have written about that, that whole tragedy. And it's so fascinating because some people are clinging. In fact, I heard one lady saying, all we can do right now is to cling to our faith. And I've heard others comment, why would a loving God allow this to happen? How about you? What's your moment that you find yourself in today? What will happen in the next week or two as you're living life, and maybe things have been going pretty good, and then all of a sudden you get to that point in the pathway or in the road, and you're going, really? Can I trust you, God? That's what more than ever we should cling to this loving Heavenly Father who knows best. Let's go to the second choice. The second wise choice to experience God's best path for our future, it's don't depend on my own understanding. Don't depend on my own understanding. Now think about the picture of trust being thought of as cling. If we're going to cling to God the Father, that means we have to let go of our own way of doing things. You can't grab onto something with 
without letting go of something else. And sometimes, if we're honest, it's, it's pretty obvious. We need to be letting go of sinful choices, perhaps, that we've been making. But what the passage says here, don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, even though God has created us and wired us to want to figure things out, and there's nothing wrong with that, we should not rely on just our own wisdom or way of doing things. He's given us ability, but we cannot just rely on our way of doing things. It should start with committing it to Him, clinging to Him for His guidance. I want to take you to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Here we find we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I've been guilty of this. I find myself sort of maybe coasting a little bit spiritually, and I have something coming up or I need to make a decision, and I just start making plans rather than starting with, okay, God the Father, I need the wisdom that you want to give me through your spirit as I study your word so that I learn that you have the best plan for me, because you'll determine the steps. Several years ago, my wife and I were invited to spend a long weekend with friends up in a cabin in Wisconsin. We hadn't been there before, and we were excited about the trip, so Linda and I, we, we live in Minneapolis, and so uh, we, we jump on the freeway, and we start driving. We had our phones, you know, and you got GPS navigation, global positioning system, and all of that, but we didn't have chargers with us. And we're using our phones, and we're talking, and I'm driving, and uh, I realize we're going to run out of battery pretty soon, and I really need a GPS to find our friend's cabin in Wisconsin. And uh, I thought, okay, what are we going to do? So I did something that's really, really old-fashioned. And those of you who are younger, you're going to have to bear with me to figure this out. It's going to be a little tough for you to understand. I stop at a convenience store, and I go in, and I buy one of these. It was a piece of folded paper. It was about this long, and it was amazing. You could unfold it and make it big, and it had pictures of like Minnesota next to Wisconsin and highways. It's called a hard copy map, in case you didn't know. Well, someone's applauding because you still want to use that, don't you? So I looked at it and I went, okay, I got it. I got it. So we get back to the car and Linda's going, you got this? I said, oh, problem. No problem, honey. I, I understand exactly where we need to go. Well, we got to talking again. And in fact, we got to praying. And uh, I don't want to say that uh, it's never wrong to pray, but this is probably one of those times when I should not have been really, really praying intently because I totally missed a turn to get on the highway where I needed to go. Even though I'd seen it and I thought I understood it, I missed it. And so I was too proud, though, to let go of my own understanding of it, so I played it cool. And a couple times Linda goes, honey, do you know where we're? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no problem, no problem. And in my mind, I'm going, it looks slightly different than the last time I ever drove here in my life, but okay, it'll all... And then I'm starting to see signs that say Chicago or something or other cities, uh, Cincinnati, Tampa, Florida. Um, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't Tampa. 
But it was places where I knew we didn't want to go, and finally I had to let go of my own understanding. I said, honey, I think we're lost. And I pulled in, we checked the map, and sure enough, I had missed a turn, and now instead of taking four and a half hours to get to our friends, we had just added on two and a half hours. The reason I remember that is that because my wife has reminded me of that several times uh, ever, ever, ever since then. With GPS, I would have been following the correct steps for the plan to get to the destination. GPS, in God's terms, really could stand for God's plan succeeds. We've got to commit our decisions to Him and follow the steps that He gives us. All right, here's the third and final wise choice to experiencing God's best path for our future. Number three, know God and obey Him in all my ways. Know God. Now, this again is uh, really interesting when you want to study, do a deeper dive in the original language. And you saw that the verse said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. The word acknowledge here in the Hebrew is yada. How many of you ever heard someone or you've used the expression in a conversation or you're telling a story, you're hearing someone else tell a story, yada, yada, yada. And yada, yada, yada is... Is, uh, is defined by the idea that words are dull or predictable. Yada, 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 yada. I, I know that. I know that, yeah. I think way too often, those of us who are Christ followers, we sort of approach the idea of knowing God of like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I know him. I, I, I know him. But we're missing out because What the word yada means here is to perceive or to know deeply. To really know him. Listen carefully. Not just know about him, but to actually know him in intimate relationship. Because the more we get to know him, the more we're going to love him. The Bible teaches us his attributes and who he is. We learn in the Gospels about who Jesus is. And what he was like. In fact, in the Gospels, in John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, hey, if you really love me, then then obey me. How do we get to love Jesus? Well, the more we get to know him, the more we're going to want to love him. And the more we're loving him, the more we're going to want to obey him and make choices that bring him honor and glory and the right way to stay on the path that you and I have in front of us. So how do we really get to know him? In Psalm 119, 105, Psalm 119, 105, love this picture. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We can't see the final destiny. We can't see what's around the bend. We can't see what's beyond the woods on our path. But God can. And our role, because he is faithful, remember we just sang that? He is so faithful as a loving father, we can trust him, and his word is going to light up our path, and we can take it step by step by step. 
Several years ago when I was pastoring at a different church, uh, three of our churches went together and we were sponsoring an Awana program. That's a Christian uh, kids club where especially uh, scripture memorization is a, is a huge focus. And I remember at the end of the year, we had a little celebration night awards ceremony, and a fifth grade boy, he, he won the prize. He won a certificate, and, and we were really congratulating him because he memorized more verses than any other fifth grader. In fact, I think it was like 150 to 200 verses. It was a lot. Well, that same night, we had taken uh, an offering to give to some missionaries, found out two days later that the offering was missing, and to make a long story short, the teachers found out that the boy who had won the prize for memorizing the most verses had stolen the offering. See, it's one thing to know about the Word of God or to read, which is, I'm not diminishing it, but the difference is when we obey it step by step, when we apply it. Uh, let me show you this screenshot that uh, I think you can find on the website for Prairie Heights. Uh, Beth talked about it last week. The Prairie Heights Community Church Bible Project. Go to the YouVersion, download the app, and it's not too late. Jump in on the, Pro on the Proverbs Bible reading plan with us and uh, check out the wisdom of Proverbs. And as you're reading the daily reading, remember to apply, to obey. Let me finish up with this. How much do we really want to get to know God? Are we satisfied with knowing about Him, or do we really want to know Him? In Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Oh God, I thirst for God, the living God. Have you, ever, have you ever been dehydrated and you just feel so thirsty and you feel a little bit like, oh, you're not going to make it if you don't get some water? And that's the picture of this dear longing, panting. Last week, one of our grandkids, 13-year-old grandson, they live in the woods north of Minneapolis. Uh, they've been hearing the sound of a baby fawn crying and crying and crying. And my grandson found the fawn, and it was in bad shape, like it wasn't going to make it. Who knows what happened to the mom? And so he has a compassionate heart, and so he came walking out of the woods onto the yard, covered with, with mosquitoes and holding this fawn that was in trouble. And they decided more than anything what he needed, what the fawn needed, was some water because he was so dehydrated. And you'll see the video that's playing right now of some of my grandkids figuring out exactly how to help this fawn open its mouth and to suck so that they could use a syringe and give this fawn water, like 20, 25 syringes full, until they took it to a shelter and now it lived. It's doing great. And as I experienced that and thought about it, I thought, do I long for God that way? That, oh, God, without you, mm -mm, it's not going to work. I'm not going to make it. I'm so thirsty. My soul is so thirsty to know you intimately, to spend time with you. 
Well, this next week, I pray that as we uh, do the Bible reading, I pray that you might remember when you think about applying today's message, we need to cling, we need to let go, and we need to get to know God, our loving, faithful Father. He has the best path in store for us. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, um, I just thank you and praise you for, through the power of Jesus rising from the dead to forgive us, we can have life both now and forever with you. And Father, I thank you for your spirit's empowerment and the truth of your word, and I pray very simply that this coming week, no matter where we're at in our journey and our path with you, that we'll listen and respond to your voice through the Holy Spirit showing us how to really trust you, how to really cling to you for leading us on the path that you have. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com slash give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.